All right, college basketball fans, welcome back to Mad About Hoops, Evil Ball Colin and Timmy Hall here with you for another great week of are you going to play this week or are you not? But that's just the story of college basketball this year. <laughs> Timmy, how are you doing? I'm doing great. It's it's the headline every single week, right? It's COVID. And in our town, we give you this fine podcast from Columbus, Ohio. The Ohio State Buckeyes knock on the plastic table here. They continue to just be a very fortunate team. They're handling the virus well, and they're playing most of their games. The only one that they've missed in conference play was Penn State. And I don't know. I don't know if that game's going to get made up because Penn State's got a lot of them to make up. I don't know if you can uh, fit it in the rest of the way. It's not official, but it does seem like with the way they're moving around the schedule that there is a spot for them to put it in. Hopefully. If that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, we did see because they an just Ohio moved the State Purdue, Purdue game. game. Out. Yeah, the, yeah, from two weeks up to next week, uh, Tuesday. That's cr- but yeah. evil, it's it's such a strange season, and that's not just because of COVID nineteen. It's to have Gonzaga. They they've been there for a while, right? As a top team, or they've been ranked number one before. Sure, but now they're getting like all of the first place votes. I don't even know who isn't. You can certainly look that up because they have the poll <laughs> tracker websites, but we didn't do that yet. They've got all but one of the first place votes, and we kind of hit on it briefly in the last podcast. They go into the cold, dark night of West Coast Conference play, and then we see how they pop out of hibernation when the tournament begins. Actually, they give you an update. There is one lonely vote for Baylor to be number one. I can't tell you who, but there is one out there. Mm, Man. Who's and look, Baylor's a great team. I guess I'm not that that offended by that. uh, Weren't they supposed to play each other? They were. Yeah. You're right. Would have had the answer. You know, I'm I'm not offended by that at all because there's there's reason to think. We've seen Baylor play. Like it's just shocking that Gonzaga has that much of a hold over the rest of college basketball. As good as Baylor is, as good as another team is right now that we're going to talk about on this pod. Yeah, I, I think we're going to talk about tears here in a little bit, but I I, I think. There's not as wide of a gap between that number one and number two team that I think people want to make it out to be. And it's because we saw what uh, Baylor could do early on in the year. Go back to that Illinois game. Like the way they just physically dominated that game, not only on the the defensive side of the ball, because I thought they would do that, but just on the offensive side of the ball, they can do it in all phases of the game. Yes. So everybody nestle in. Sit right back. We'll have a good half hour of solid college basketball discussion right here. Those tiers that Evil was talking about, that not really a mystery team, but that team we haven't given nearly enough love on this pod, and there are reasons for that. And also, who had some spring workouts out there that is really, really elevating his game come time for the season here? This is episode 32 of Mad About Hoops. Five to go. Lewis has been awesome. Let's it go. It's it. Inbounds Turner, left side of the backcourt. Turner crossed the timeline, throws it from high on the right. He, he makes it. it. He hit it. He, he, made it. it. he hit it just inside of half court. Lane's on the other wing. He finds oh. 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 Sent it in, Jerome. March Madness. All right, Timmy. 
our headline topic of the day is, as I said at the top, is going to be tears. Now, I, I want you to kind of explain to the people what you were thinking of or what kind of was your inspiration for doing this topic. So I I think I saw Seth Davis put the first tweet out there. And, and you know, probably every single person that covers college basketball even down to the godfather of college hoops reporting, John Rothstein, has said something about tears at one point or not. But the one that kind of fired me up was the third team in the first tier for this particular guy. And that is the Michigan Wolverines joining Baylor and Gonzaga. I want to get more into Michigan just as a whole as a bigger point of emphasis on this pod from a couple of Buckeye dudes, you and me, but just your, your initial thoughts on that group evil. Yeah. I, when we were talking pre-show about what this meant to me in terms of putting that third team into the slot, I was kind of like, you know, I, I know they're technically at the top of the big 10 standings, but it doesn't really feel like if I had to pick a third team, that's who it would be. But then I started to look into it more. And on paper, we talked that they only have about three guys in averaging double digits. It's kind of like an all-team type of effort. Hunter Dickinson's obviously leading the way with Isaiah Livers, just not that far behind. But what they're doing to teams, both on the offensive side of the ball and defensive side, which I think is the part we're missing, is that they're very good. I think they're top 10 in adjusted defense per Ken Palm. Mm, yeah. Uh, the way they're shutting down teams. and I mean, they completely locked down Wisconsin the other day. And I, I was watching highlights. I think they were up like, was it like 30 plus points something or, or like late first half, early second half? Like the way that they just kind of suffocate you and the way that they all kind of just play a role of what Jawan Howard needs them to do. I'm starting to buy more and more into it because again, the flashy player is Hunter Dickinson, but it's the entire team effort that I think we're missing when we were keeping them out of that discussion. So let me point to another one, and then uh, we'll we'll give you want to like buddy our do own you thoughts. Like, do you want to like debate on whether like that team A or team B should be in it? That's exactly what we're gonna do. Right. We're gonna debate all of it here. So the other one that I saw just before the podcast was on Sports Illustrated's website, and Jeremy Wu was doing this big comprehensive look at the whole landscape of college basketball, and he had. 45 teams to stack up. Now, we're not going to do all 45 of those teams right now. We're trying to fit this one, this week's edition, into a nice half-an-hour box so we can get you in and get you out to more college basketball because the week never stops. And by the way, we're, we're dropping this pod here on a nice Thursday afternoon, January 14th. So we'll, we'll take you through some of the games of the weekend like we always do, things that you can't miss for the weekend coming up. But uh, th this guy has... Just Gonzaga in his Tier 1. That's it. Now we'll hit on that here. Tier 2 is Baylor. Then it's Iowa. Then it's Michigan. And then it's Texas. Let me continue on. Tier 4. I'm sorry, did I just miss Tier 3? All right, I, I gave you... you did, yeah. Tier, tier 2 is Baylor. Sorry, Tier 3. Then, all right, so it's just... It's Gonzaga Tier 1, Baylor Tier 2... Then moving to Tier 3, where it is Iowa, Michigan, and Texas. And Tier 4 knocking on the door, he calls it. He calls these teams with very real chances of making the Final Four. They've got work to do to get a full stamp of approval, but they're a cut above the following group and could challenge to move up as the second half of the season rolls on. Your guys, the Jays, Creighton, right? He's got Creighton in there. Okay. Kansas, my guys right there. Tennessee, the Vols. Villanova, Wisconsin, and that's it. 
tier five begins with wow. Clemson, the Clemson Tigers. How about that? So there's a team already missing that I'm kind of confused by, and I don't think I heard the name Iowa in there. Iowa was in there. Yeah, oh, okay. you, you missed Iowa. Okay. Iowa was up there uh, leading off tier three. That's where, that's where I missed that there was a break from tier two to tier what three. What does you feel? And they got to be in there. Well, I mean, what is, so you said Clemson starts the next tier. Yeah, Clemson was starting his next tier okay. at, uh, and at five. And they're ranked number 12 hopefully, this week's poll. Hopefully Houston's in that. Houston, I'm sure if I continue to scroll down, you would find Houston right there. Wow. Houston's a really good team. They're 10-1. Ten, they're 10-1, ten and one. They're ten and one, first place in the American right now. And nobody's talking about the Houston Cougars. And Sampson just continues to make things roll, right? I mean, he was always a tremendous coach. It was just the infractions. That was the, <laughs> the major problem right there. Yeah. I couldn't couldn't stay eligible, couldn't keep his team eligible with all the stuff he was doing. Hey, he but just at one time, Cal, loves the game too at, much, at right? At one time, Cal was the same way too. So Yeah, oh, of course. It, it goes around in this sport that we love. <laughs> yeah, but the Cougars are one of those teams. We, we kind of got on the subject of them in the mid-major flavor, and they're not really one of those, no. we agreed, because they're in the American, and they're in one of the most giant cities in the United States of America. I think if you've made a national championship game, as just the program itself, you don't fit into the mid-major category. I think that's kind of like, that's one way to bust out of it. All right, so let's do our tiers here. Okay. And let, let's do them... Together, both you and I together. I'm just going to say right now, I'm not going to allow for this show to not have the Baylor Bears in tier one. Okay, good. Because I was going to. Why would I, they be different? I, I was going to do that too because I think good, Baylor's good. just on par with Gonzaga. I think Gonzaga's the better team, but there's no big gap between those two. No, look, and Baylor's undefeated, right? They haven't lost a game. They the are. The one thing. The one thing you could say about the Bears, they've had a lot of disruption, so that almost, to me, goes more to the side of give them credit yeah, for dealing it's with it's four, impressive. Right? four postponements or cancellations. I I don't know. Did the Gonzaga game get canceled twice or get postponed twice? That clearly isn't going to happen I anymore, and that's a shame. Because it was originally rescheduled, yes, so I believe so. And they had one postponed against Texas, but you would imagine – that that one's going to get made oh, up. Oh, it's got and that to. Was, it's got that was the home game against Texas. All I see right now is the road game at Texas on February 2nd. They haven't really gotten into the teeth of the Big 12. But don't blame them for that. They're beating Oklahoma by 15 points. The Sooners are they're nice, they're nice team. Nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah, they're a nice team. Kruger's done an f- outstanding job. I'm glad you brought him up. There might not be a, another coach in America that gets talked about as little as Lon Kruger. He's he's made a lot of stops I, I in this think, game, and yeah. he's doing a good job with Oklahoma. Well, but what I think it is, though, is I, I feel like people are very... They focus more on just the tenure of what he was doing at Oklahoma when he was... I don't want to use the word carried, but people think of it carried by Blake Griffin and then Trey right, Young. Right. Like that's, that's the two teams that people think of when they think of Oklahoma basketball. Right, and Baylor, I'm sorry, uh, that Blake Griffin, that was Jeff Capel. Jeff Capel's guy. Oh, I'm sorry. And I'm sorry. You're right. No, no, no. You're, but Trey Young was obviously Kruger. Kruger got there you're a right. couple years after Blake left, and that kind of showed everybody that Jeff Capel's run there with the Sooners was kind of hinged to that one guy. But Kruger's just had some sustained success. I'm not, I'm not going to go overboard with him. It's not like they've been challenging for Final Fours or anything, but it's just a, a consistent coach that doesn't get talked about a lot. But back to the Bears and back to our tiers, I mean, with, with Jared Butler and with uh, Macy Oteague and Davion Mitchell and just the, 
uh, Flagler and the different guys that they have been able to uh, run out there at you. And uh, uh, Tachama Tachua, that guy, the the big guy that I really, really enjoyed his play. I'm trying to harken back to the – it was the it had to be the Illinois game. That was the one yep. – third game of the season was the one that I sat back and watched a good chunk of Baylor basketball. And that was – like two versus five at the time. And so that was a pretty good early college basketball season show. And that's all I needed to see, man. That's all I needed to see out of Baylor to say, whoa, God, this team will contend for a national championship. I mean, when you're pushing around Kofi Coburn down in the post, I mean, I'm going to give you respect no matter what. So that's that I think is the tier one. Do, do you agree, I, I agree. And it's, on that? It, it's it the two right teams. There. It stops right there. Yep. It's the two teams, so why don't you begin the second tier? Okay, first off, how do we feel about Villanova? Because I don't... I'm not in love with them. Like I'm not I, picking I them to win the championship. No, absolutely not. I, I don't feel like they have the national championship makeup to their team, but would they go into my tier three? Uh, I, I think right as of now, Michigan has the headline at tier or, Michigan I'm sorry, head, tier two, tier two. Michigan headlining tier two. I'm fine with that. I just am not a believer for Michigan to be in that top tier yet, even though they're undefeated. It's well, just the combination we, of what they are on paper and what we're seeing with our eyes. And <laughs> even though, and th this is hard to do because I think they pulled off something that's never been done in college basketball history. But you know, you start talking deep track stats. What I saw, I believe it's on 20, BTN, 20 plus point wins over ranked teams or something but like that. It, it was actually 19 plus point wins. 19. That, okay. You had, you had to drop, shave one of those points off to get it. But yeah, three straight 19 plus point wins over top 25 teams. It's never been done in the history of basketball, but you kind of look up and there's always something happening that has never been done in the history of college basketball. But I, I, I would have Michigan, Iowa, Kansas, Texas. Then I would stop it right there. W what do you think? Texas about that? makes me nervous, but I'll keep them there for now. Um, they did just lose by a, an incredible shot at the, at the buzzer. Healthy Creighton. I would be interested, but I'm okay with keeping them at uh, in three. Moving yeah, on to three, I, I, yeah, I'm I'm in agreement with you on that. I think what, what we just said in Villanova, you can throw into that category as well. Sure, yes. I think then you would have Creighton, Villanova, Tennessee, Wisconsin, Illinois. I I got to get Illinois up there. See, I don't care what that record I is, know, but with I the know. outside inside, they're playing in the Big Ten. I understand they've lost four games now. They're nine and four. They did win four out of five. If we're talking about the recent stretch, <laughs> that might trouble some people. They're like, wait, they've lost four games and they're actually on a hot stretch. They lost to Maryland. Th this is their losses. They lost to Baylor, right? And that game was closer than that 82-69 score set. Not going to knock was. it. Yep. Loss at Mizzou. Mizzou's turned out to be a, a pretty good squad, right? They're, e they're decent. They're decent. I, uh, yeah, they're okay. They did get the doors blown off of them by Tennessee that one game, but um, yeah, yeah, I'll I'll give them credit for that. They lost on the road. It, it's uh, I don't know. I'm not going to sit here and tell you I know everything about the Illinois Missouri rivalry, right? <laughs> no, <laughs> but no. but it has a game that's it, it's a game that's been played that we've seen pop up on the schedule. I'm, I don't even know if they play it every year, but I think that's got some more meaning than uh, any other game on the schedule. And I just, I look at what they are, man. I look at the bodies that they have, and I'm not choosing to go 
mostly on record with Illinois, but who you and I know they have. They've got some dogs. they got beasts on that team. Yeah, I, I just the biggest thing I'd said before the season is with Illinois, it's going to be consistency. Can they be consistent enough to play to their potential all year long? Because that's going to decide whether they make a run in the tournament or not. And at this point, they haven't really shown that they can be at that consistent level game in and game out. But like you said, they've won four of the last five. You got to give them credit for that, uh, but I, I would give—I would say they're tier two talent, but tier three-ish, four-ish, like where they are as a team right now. Yeah. So a- after that, I think I think you stop that tier. Oh yeah, that's, yeah. I think there's that's a little. The end of that I, tier. I think there's a drop off once you get then to that there, point. Then there's another dip, and you—you you sounded like you were really on Houston. Like if there's a. If there's a spot for Houston, that would it would begin with this tier. Yeah, I, I agree. When I look at that group, you're talking about teams like Texas Tech, uh, West Virginia, but who knows what you can make of West Virginia these days. Uh, Louisville's in that mix. Like we said, Missouri's in that category if you want. Um, and then you kind of get into the, the tough stretch of like ACC teams that may be good, but then how good is the ACC really? Uh, but yes, I, I think Houston's definitely like, you got to put them in this next year. I really liked what I saw early in the season from Clemson, and uh, I do too. Look they, at that! They, like they have a big home game, I believe, against Virginia coming up within the next couple of days. So that we got to watch out for that one. Yeah, they. It, it's showing me that their game against North Carolina has been postponed. But I, yeah, you're right, that's right. That uh, I guess was supposed to be tonight, and their game on the 16th, so that's coming up on Saturday night at 6 o'clock, home game against a, still a top 20 Virginia team, and I would I would certainly throw Virginia into this fifth tier as well if we're going to talk a couple of ACC teams, Clemson, uh, Virginia. Quick, uh, maybe, even just do, maybe even just do them all, man. <laughs> I, 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 seriously, I, I would put all of those ACC teams at the top of that conference, Duke, Clemson, Virginia Tech, Virginia, and Louisville, just because... It is strange. They they certainly seem to be lacking the firepower. I mean, we haven't spent we haven't spent any time talking about Duke basketball. What what is going on? Because this is what world is this? This isn't a Duke team with like a headline player. No, it's I, not. I, I, but there are five stars all over the place. It's just no one's become R.J. Barrett or Zion. Not even close. That's the thing, and you're seeing it with Kentucky, man. If they like, you can go one and dones and whatnot, but if they don't hit, man, they just don't hit, and like it can fall flat on yeah, your face. Yeah, you're right. I mean, this is this is what's wild about college basketball: live by the five star, die by the five star. Right? They don't always hit like you're expecting them to, and like you bring up Kentucky, and whoa, what's going on with the Wildcats? Duke not being that team. Even North Carolina, again, UNC with Roy Williams. They're just way back the middle of the pack in the ACC. And I I finally checked into a, one of their games here recently when they played Miami, and it took them everything, everything to come back and clip the Hurricanes. Uh, speaking of Kentucky, actually, did you see our guy from West Virginia, Oscar Tshiboy, uh, announces that? his uh, transfer, and he's going to go to Kentucky. Yeah, big Oscar Sheboy. How? Why is he doing that? What was the? Is he just disgruntled because of his uh, lack I think of playing he is. time? He's, he's getting less than twenty minutes a game and was averaging only eight point five points a game. He just got, really wild. He just ended up getting passed up by Derek Culver. I, I think that's really just the, the sense of it. Is like in their post play, Derek Culver really took over. Culver was always going to be there though. Like I have a hard time. 
I have a hard time believing that it, it could have been being upset over Derek Culver and what he's become on this oh, team. No, because I, you I, ask I totally anybody, it was his it was his team, you know? Like you were gonna have to coexist. I, I think I think we gotta do more of a, a, a deep search on West Virginia's roster and uh, and talk about who else was stepping in. I think they had another forward who was starting to step into the equation there. But you're right. Yeah, I mean, you em- don't think Emmett of Matt- a, yeah. Matthews is averaging eight points a game, twenty six points or twenty six minutes a game. So that could have been a case. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But the, I mean, bringing that guy up that's that's a good point. You don't see a guy like that, or at least if I'm a West Virginia basketball fan, this is really upsetting to me because you have a really really good team and you're not getting any better by losing a guy like Oscar Shibway, who was a five-star McDonald's All-American. Like, we know Huggy Bear can recruit. It's incredible. But, but still, come on. To get someone like that to sign up for West Virginia basketball, y- you're counting your blessings, right? And to, to see that go by the wayside. He's no Pitsnoggle, though. No, oh, man, our guy, Pitsnoggle. Boy, that guy... <laughs> I think it's this. I think you look. I'm looking at the minutes breakdown right here, and you're right. Emmett Matthews Jr. Mm-hmm. is uh, getting 26 per game. I'm trying to look at this other fresh. I think this is another freshman that they have, or no? Uh, Gabe Asabuin, a senior, six foot seven from Toronto. He's averaging about 19 minutes per game now, from what I'm seeing. So that could be another another thing that was starting to eat away at Oscar. Yeah, Oscar not even averaging 20 minutes per game. How about that's incredible. that? Eight and a half points and eight rebounds, though. That is a that's certainly that's a lot to miss going forward. Yeah, you take them out of the equation, and West Virginia is a the Big Twelve is very fascinating once you get past, I would say, Baylor because even Texas, like very very good team, Kansas, very good team. But what is like the middle of that conference going to look like? And Mm. even Oklahoma State, we got to give Kate Cunningham and the Cowboys some credit too because they've had some pretty decent games. What is the middle of that Big 12 going to look like? I'm kind of curious. All right, we're going to run back our tiers for you. And also, we got to spend a few more minutes on one of the teams that entered into Tier 2. And we're both shocked that we're even talking about them at this level. How and why? Are the Michigan Wolverines able to do what they're doing right now to college basketball? And another inside cool story on one of those key players for Michigan and what he was doing this offseason that helped him to get to that spot. That is coming up after this zero-second break. It's Mad About Hoops. All right, I don't know about you, Evil Bald Colin, but I'm refreshed. After that long break, well, how you doing? It's long for us, but maybe not for them. For us, it was only about two minutes. For for everyone else, it was zero seconds, which is cool. Someday we'll be millionaires, and this thing will be sponsored. But we're not going to hold our breath. So, running back the Mad About Hoops tears for college basketball through the middle of the season, we've got the Zags and Baylor in the first tier then that's it then in tier two michigan iowa kansas texas then in tier three villanova creighton whiskey tennessee and illinois then in tier four we deliberated houston west virginia and texas tech then in tier five like we were kidding around about just throw all of those acc teams in the top five of their conference all of them in tier five and throw in a Mizzou Tigers, a little M-I-Z-Z-O-U 
throw the Tigers in there. So what I'm hearing is is that we just stopped just short of Ohio State. Just short of the Buckeyes. <laughs> you know what? But what, while we while we enter I, into I the mean, Michigan, be, to be honest, though, is is Ohio State any different than maybe like a Virginia Tech, who's actually in first pl- or at the top at least in the ACC? Ohio State's amazing right now because they have just shown a consistent ability throughout the last several years to stay around the top 25. It's it's really amazing, and there has not been for years now that big-time, premium Ohio State Buckeye basketball player where you had a lot of them under Thad Mata, yep. and then you finished up with D'Angelo Russell, but... It's just, it hasn't happened yet, but the way that Chris Holtman and his guys can coach basketball, they can get the most out of any roster. I'm almost convinced now that if you took Chris Holtman and his staff, they could go anywhere in America and give you a quality product. I mean, you agree with that? Yeah, you want to take a good look at how that's the case? Go look at what Butler's doing right now, because last year it was all Holtman's guys. Guys that he recruited his first recruiting cycle, and he had Kamara Baldwin, Sean McDermott, and fill in the blank. And they were a team that was at one point ranked number one in the nation. And trust me, I'm the biggest Laval Jordan hater. And I didn't think he was really the reason why that team was playing so well. And lo and behold, they go on a run, and they would have been a top four seed type of team. And now you look at them, and they can't even stay above water in the Big yeah. East. Yeah, they're bad right now. And I think part of what you're seeing is it took a couple years for Chris Holtman and his staff to make the adjustment from that level up to the Big Ten. And I know a lot of people and hardcore basketball fans would say, oh, I'd rather be at Butler. You know, you're in a classic basketball state. You got that gym to play in. You're in the Big East. And I, I'm not even here to debate that or disagree because I, lo- I love it. We, we got love for every single level of this sport. It's, it's mainly to each his own, right? But there is something when you step up to the Big Ten and with the Buckeyes being a classic football school, Holtman's even so smart, and you know he gives more comments to Buckeye football than I bet he even wants to in his heart, but he knows what it is. He knows what the fan base is. Like You don't hear sure. Ryan Day ever talking about Buckeye basketball. Never. Do you? No, but you're Chris right. Holtman will right. bring it up every single time it's pertinent, and he has to hear a lot of guys asking him football-type questions. Like it, it comes up all the time. But have you ever like talked to Ryan Day about this? And you know, it's like, I'm, I'm sure they're cordial, right? I'm sure they're somewhat friends. Oh no, there's a, there's a gif out there. Yeah. Uh, which game was it? Maybe it was the Maryland game where Ryan Day showed up, stood in the the student section or whatnot, came over and like gave him a hug after like the big win That's or whatever. Like yeah, yeah. That was deep into basketball-only season, oh, yeah. wasn't it? Oh, yeah, it was. Yeah, like that was that was deep after the seasons did not cross over. But it's 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 amazing. And, I, and the reason – we just got off on a tangent with Ohio State. But back to <laughs> Michigan, I, I think there's a, a connection here because the praise that I'm going to give to Jawan Howard right now mm-hmm. is beyond a Hunter Dickinson, right? And uh, he is the guy, by the way. We'll tell you this little tale about in a second. Hunter Dickinson is that premier five guy. The Buckeyes don't have one of those. But aside from that, the teams have a similar look and feel to them, right? And Ohio State's in the top 25. They're a good team, ranked 21st. But Michigan now clearly has taken it to the next level. They're undefeated. And people are talking about them as a legitimate Final Four contender, as they should. So 
I look at this. We were talking about last year a 19 and 12 team with who the, who was leaving, right? Who was leaving Michigan after Juwan's first year, and now they're back and they're even better. It's a lot of credit to the coach. Maybe Phil Martelli being on that bench. Yeah, it could be is a big thing, right? I uh, I, I kind of want to draw more comparison to this Michigan team the way it's built to how Ohio State tried to play last year, at least the couple, last couple of years with uh, Caleb Wesson in the fold because you had the center guy that tried to be the focal point of the offense. Sure, but That's he could what, really stretch it out too. Yeah, different game. I mean, what, Hunter Dickinson, I don't even know if he's attempted the three all year, but... Um, uh, he's not doing it, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know what his... Uh, I'll get the numbers while you're talking, but he's not doing that. Yeah, yeah. no, this this team is really interesting because I, I, I honestly couldn't even tell you who their starting point guard is by the way they just deploy so many different guys and the way that he spreads out number or at least minutes within the right. guard you, position. No, you're right. I think so it's well. Mike Smith just I think it is. by the way he's distributing, but Wagner, three assists per game. Livers, two and a half assists per game. Mike Smith, five and a half assists per game. Eli Brooks, three and a half, almost four assists per game. The way they're sharing it. I mean, 18 assists per game over the season for college hoops. 82 points per game, 40 rebounds. Like, what are they not doing well? What are they not doing well? Well, you, you can just look at the, how the roster's built and tell. It's just kind of like a four-round-one type of offense where you've got Dickerson, Dickinson down low. Sure. And you've got Livers, Wagner, Mike Smith, Chandy Brown, Eli Brooks, filling the blanket of the guards that can distrib- distribute it down into the post into him, and then he can either kick it back out or do his, his thing down in the post. And I think it's it's a it's a system that's working for them. Is it going to go? We saying is it going to continue going forward? Is the question. Brandon Johns was that guy. He took the, the, the hit to the eye or something like that. Yeah, like a, like a bad uh, black eye. But what a! And the fact that I'm, I saw what I saw and the body type, right? Six foot eight, two forty, just an incredible wingspan. Can do a lot of things. Kid from East Lansing, right? That, that goes to play for the Wolverines and not the Spartans. Mm. To see that he's only averaging four and a half and two and a half, I'm blown away that Michigan is this good when I was kind of looking at Brandon Johns. Like, he was basically my uh, Aaron Wheeler for them, you know? Like, you talk about a guy who has not panned out. Or I'm, yeah, I'm that, sorry. that one. I... I just, but to see Brandon Johns only doing this and Michigan is this good, that's incredible to me. It's very incredible. And I think it just kind of speaks to the two transfers because I believe Mike Smith was also transferring with uh, Chandy Brown. I think Chandy Brown came from Wake Forest, but don't hold me to that. But the way that he was able to balance a really good recruiting class, and I think he's got a really good one coming in next year too. So (laughs) Michigan's not going to be going anywhere anytime soon, but you mix that in with a good batch of transfers that can... Filling the spots now while you groom and grow those younger players is really important in the game of basketball today. We talk about it so often, and you're seeing it paying off for the Wolverines so far. Yeah, and are you are you going are you going to hammer them for the schedule that they that they've played so well, far? Well, I don't know I mean, if you can really hammer them for it because you can you can only play what you have in front of you. That was a dumb comment anyway. <laughs> I mean, look look at what they've just done. Like, big, they big, have, ten, big ten the schedule wise. just hit them. The, the schedule just hit them already, and they've they've handled it in stride. They just beat three top twenty-five teams, but two of those were Northwestern and Minnesota, and right. they were at home. That I guess is the point that I'm trying to make. And Northwestern and Minnesota, not in the polls. Yeah, anymore. I mean, and they, they were supposed to play uh, Penn State a second time too. So yeah, it, it definitely is a little front-loaded for them. And uh, I mean, I, I'm just looking down at their last. Oh gosh, their last stretch. You go Michigan State, Illinois, Wisconsin, Rutgers, Ohio State, Illinois. 
Iowa, Michigan State to finish up. So it's going to be a tough road for them towards the end. We'll see how they grow throughout the season to get to that point. But yeah, yeah. It, it's coming. It's coming. Uh, I'm sorry, Minnesota. Minnesota's still in the polls, but I guess they're going to drop out, though, because they lo- they've lost a couple straight. I can't keep up with this in the Big Ten right now. Well, it's, I mean, if, if they win this weekend, who knows? But yeah, I, I do expect that. So here is the thing with Hunter Dickinson and seven foot two, two hundred and fifty five pounds. You know, we were looking at a comparison because there was a little story with Michigan State. If uh, and that's pertinent. I mean, Sparty is still Sparty. They're one of the premier college basketball teams. So it was Tom Izzo's son who is like a five foot eight walk on there. He tested positive for, for COVID, and so did Mady Sissoko. And Sissoko was one of those names I remembered when we talked recruiting in the offseason. And I thought he was a five-star guy, but I looked back up, and he was a four-star guy. But he was ranked slightly ahead of Hunter Dickinson. Talk about true freshman, right? Hmm. He was ranked ahead of him as a center, ahead of him overall. And he was the number one player in the state of Utah, obviously, when Utah's got a player like that. But Hunter Dickinson... Not like a top 10, top 20 recruit in the country. Good, though. Top 50, ranked 43rd when I'm looking at the 24-7 sports composite. And one of the guys that he knows real well from the area that he played high school basketball, he's right here in the Big Ten Conference, Hunter Dickinson and, yep, Luca Garza. These two have been getting after it. So I found this, this story from back in November from Zach Shaw this was on uh, the Michigan Insider, and it said Hunter Dickinson is Michigan's fearless Garza-approved center. And just to read you a quick excerpt here, Colin, says that's why this spring, as players were searching for any and every way to improve during a widespread shutdown of gyms, tournaments, and training sessions, Dickinson answered the call to train with reigning All-American and probably the best big man in the country, Iowa's Luca Garza. The two have known each other for several years, centers hailing from Washington, D.C., while Garza molded a departure to the draft after an All-American season in which he scored 24 points and 10 rebounds per game. Still amazing to read. Dickinson effectively sparred with him in one-on-one and group training sessions. He said, you only get better playing against people better than you, said Frank Garza, Luca's dad. So Hunter, accepting that challenge, knowing that Luca has experience on him, felt that it would be good for him and stepped right up. This probably has a lot to do with what's going on with Dickinson. Aside from the coaching that he's getting there and how great a job Juwan Howard is doing, it's great to see players take their own steps like that. Yeah, I was about to say, I mean, at least his field goal percentage is probably reflecting it because like Luca Garza, it's very good. He's at a crispy 71%. Um, I, I do think the rest of the Big Ten thanks Garza, though, for not teaching him how to shoot the three-point because, like I said, he is 0%. Oh, for 3. Oh, for 3, three. right. Yeah. <laughs> three. <laughs> I looked that up, too. But, um, no, yeah, I mean, this is just... I don't really remember Garza in his freshman and sophomore years much being like the guy we expected him or what he is today. Like, I don't know if everybody saw him getting to this point with the way he was kind of big, lengthy. Like, he didn't really know if he had full control of his body yet. But Hunter Dickinson looks further ahead than I thought Garza did ever in his early years. And if he can develop an outside game, watch out. You know, and I still stand by that Mich- and how could you not? Michigan's going to lose games this year. You can't look at this team and oh, say, yeah, oh, especially like then, this, is, yeah. this is the one to run the table in college basketball. You might say that for Gonzaga with the opportunity they have in their league, and they really just it might just be 
a matter of can they run the table in the NCAA tournament. That'll be their issue. But the knock on Michigan is weak non-conference. Played some good MAC teams. Give it up for some of the MAC. BG, Toledo, really good. But they were all at home, as you pointed out. They have not had a difficult road test. The only roadies in the Big Ten were Nebraska and Maryland. And Nebraska even gave them kind of a game. So they did, and so did Maryland. And Maryland's a good squad. But they go on the road, as you brought up, to Minnesota, who's got a, a pretty talented big as well. And they'll be coming. They'll be coming. You're going to have Wisconsin on the road. You're going to have Michigan State on the road. They actually don't. Looking at their whole schedule here, the rest of the way, they don't have to go to Illinois. That's, That's one nice. thing that helps them out. And they don't have to go to Iowa. So how about That's that? That's also For nice. The two of the best teams in the conference, they catch once, and they get them both at home. So those are uh, things that, again, aid Michigan – but they're still going to take some of those losses. And I, I think we might even discuss whether they are flirting between Tier 2 and Tier 3 when it's all said and done. But credit to them for who they are right now. But they do only play one team once, and it's on the road, and it is Ohio State. Oh boy, yeah. This is one of the great wins for Ohio so State. So if you're Ohio year. State, that is huge. And you got to take advantage of it. It is. All right, Evil, before we wrap up episode 32 of Mad About Hoops, quick glance at the scoreboard and the games you cannot afford to miss coming up this weekend. Basically, everything today here on the 14th is postponed in your top 25 scoreboard. You just get the number one team in the nation, Gonzaga, hosting Pepperdine. Pepperdine, the Waves, they got a nice spot in Malibu, but no chance in this one. The Zags are a 27-point favorite. Again, everything else is postponed. Michigan State, Iowa, Houston, South Florida, and Arizona State at Oregon. Looking into Friday night, how about Wisconsin at Rutgers? That's big for the Scarlet Knights. I'm interested, yeah. Yeah, you, you got to pay attention to that one. Saturday is going to be heavy. It's going to be really good. The Buckeyes at Illinois. Ohio State, if they win that game, they might be hovering around 12, 13 in the country next poll. Yeah, well, like I said, you need to pick off some of these road games you aren't expected to win. If you want not just any chance in the Big Ten, but just – a, a really good, nice resume to get a nice seed in the tournament. Uh, my goal is always to get anywhere from 11 to 12 wins in the conference. That's the yeah. bare minimum. Yep. Like, I, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. You you got to take care of games at home, and then you got to pick off about two to three games on the road you just aren't supposed to win. But, yeah, that's going to be a really big one, and it's a noon game. I, I like the chances in that game as long as Illinois doesn't come off and just is firing right away. You got a couple other games that feature two top 25 squads. We mentioned Michigan at Minnesota. That's 2 o'clock on Saturday. And you've got number two Baylor at number 15 Texas Tech, 4 o'clock on Saturday. Actually, I lied. There's a third one. Number 18 Virginia at number 12 Clemson. And uh, these ACC teams are trying to learn more about. That'll be at 6 o'clock. Then the Zags will be at St. Mary's, 10 p.m. on Saturday night. That's one of those ones you got to pay attention to from what they've established through the years. Those are really the two squads in that conference. Uh, you're never going to catch me letting down on uh, Randy Bennett. He's going to bring love. his team ready to play. Yep, you love. And then how about Sunday, little Big Ten matinee, noon, Iowa at Northwestern. I think that, that for me, you got anything else? I think that wraps it. No, that pretty much is it. I, I did want to say that Miami-Louisville game on Saturday night is going to be interesting. I will watch out for that because Louisville is somehow first place in the ACC, and I don't know how. Undefeated, yeah. They're 4-0 in the ACC. So good call there. And Miami, not good. 5-6, and six, but it was a struggle for North Carolina to win at Miami. So you just you don't know what Who Jim Laranega has going on right there. All right, man. 
Well, we just keep steamrolling towards March. Middle of January, it's going to be here before we know it. Yeah, I can't wait. Uh, these conference tournaments are right around the corner. Ohio State is pretty much a third through their Big Ten slate, depending on how many games you actually end up playing. So it, it will be interesting. If you've enjoyed what you've been listening to, please feel free to leave a rating, give us a little review, and tell any and all of your friends who love the sport, they're looking for more college basketball coverage, tell them about Mad About Hoops, available on every single podcast platform. Evil, I had such a good time. We will do it next week. Everybody, enjoy all the basketball. This has been Mad About Hoops.